1: Welcome in to the Illini Inquirer podcast where Joey Wagner and I, Jeremy Warner, Illini Inquirer publisher, are a little red-eyed this afternoon. It's January 20th, happy inauguration day, uh, but Joey and I uh, up late last night, getting content for Illinois basketball, up early this morning to be on the uh, call with Rod Perry. How many coffees in are you, Mr. Wagner? So two
0: coffees, uh, the rest of the Diet Coke that wasn't out long enough to get flat when I left it on the table <laughs> last night. And a uh, vanilla bean frappuccino from Starbucks, which I'm now increasingly learning has no coffee. So uh, basically, it's a Starbucks milkshake.
1: (laughs) That's what half those things are. Yeah, I got my uh, Dwight Schrute Bears Beat Battlestar Galactica mug right right here. And uh, this is coffee number three. Uh, on the day, which is is my normal, but I actually might go a fourth. I usually go two in the morning and then one in the afternoon to kind of power me through, and then it's usually a Coke or a Coke Zero uh, at night. But uh, then I try to stop. But last night, man, I got I got to admit, like going through that Illinois basketball game, I I downed like three diet cokes just to get through that thing because I was I was dragging, here. man.
0: Interestingly enough, I have a uh, a Boom roasted mug that's got the whole Michael Scott. Speech on it that has that got me through the morning until I got my sugar from Starbucks.
1: <laughs> do you know that um speech by heart do you know the whole boom roasted speech? Can you recite it
0: I don't think I can recite it, but
1: what's your favorite uh, there's, there's boom roasted what is your favorite one
0: Stanley, your heart sucks <laughs> and Oh, like you cheated on your wife or something? Boom, roasted. <laughs> and uh, the, the one to Stanley might be my favorite.
1: Because well, Stanley laughs, right? And then everyone else kind of gets in on it. It's a great Michael. Stanley's
0: moment. the one who finally breaks it. Yeah. 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 It's great yeah. It's song. uh, I just got a, I, I did a little Hulu for Peacock Exchange with with, with my college roommate. So, still have that that lifeline if I want to, <laughs> and when I go down that path.
1: You don't have all the DVDs. I think I st- I have the old school all DVDs
0: at the office? I have the first six, five, five seasons. Maybe I thought about buying um, this, like probably a commemorative, you know, all of them in one. I I did that one other time with scrubs and it was the same thing. It was, Hey, we're taking this off Netflix on the 31st. I'm like, well, I'm not done with scrubs. And I had probably one too many drinks. And I was like, (laughs) you know what? I got to have this. And I bought it It as like 115 bucks. I've literally never used it, but it looks like one of the, like a note chart or whatever the doctors wow. use at the office. So it's a pretty cool presentation to collect dust, but <laughs> I'm trying to not do that again.
1: Well, you never know if you're, if you're going to need it. Uh, my wife and I, because we don't have Peacock or the uh, subscription version of it, um, we've wanted to see Parks and Rec. Uh, so I bought that for like 30 bucks for the entire thing. So oh, we had, I bought that one. We're getting through Brooklyn nine, nine, slowly, gradually here, which is awesome. Um, but yeah, we're g- We're going to get through parks and rec at some point, but that's not why you tuned in to the inquirer <laughs> podcast. Uh, today we want to focus in because, uh, January 20th is a month and a day into the Brett Bielema. Era so while it's not inauguration day for him, it's it's a month since he was hired as the Illinois uh, head coach, and, and boy, it feels like a lot has changed. It, we've talked about this in the previous podcast with Ryan Eastling, Joey, but it's just been a breath of fresh air. And we're going to break down in this pod just how you know he's changed a lot. I mean, obviously the staff. Uh, hasn't changed the roster all that much, which is impressive for a coach coming in. Uh, but also, the recruiting approach is very different. And that continues to happen even today with a couple new in state offers. I know they're going to get to St. Louis here very shortly, added a couple transfers as well. But, Joey, just a month in, how different or what is the biggest difference for you as you look at this from a macro point of view?
0: It's kind of, I was thinking about that between the time we talked about doing this and, you know, logged on here and I, I tried to caution myself to not get caught up in what's basically a honeymoon phase here. Right. And I mean, like Brett Bielema can, can basically do no wrong right now in the way that he's going about this, but to me, it's recruiting and it's just getting a, not even, you know, there have been some pretty big spikes, right? You got a couple kids in the 21 class, late additions. He's gotten into the transfer market and you've heard names, but it's just a constant stream of, you know, something felt, Hey, Brett Bielema reached out to this four-star kid that is in state, this linebacker, Sebastian Cheeks that's not been contacted. Right. Like that it's like, okay, you see this every single day. And recruiting is what, you know, fans, especially right now on January 20th and there is not a game for seven months. This is what fans want to hear and they want to hear about it from in-state, and it's just – it's constantly going that way. And, you know, I don't mean to say, you know, the staff hasn't been impressive because it has been or the retention of the roster, but just that it seems like this this was something that Josh talked about when when he did his presser when Lovey was let go, and he, he was asked about recruiting, he talked about it. It was in the press release when Brett Beal was hired. It was in his presser's. Everywhere you turn, this has been a conversation. So to see him follow through on that in a pretty awkward time after the first signing period, and you know everyone's pretty much a lot of people pretty much have a home right now. just to see that, and now you're looking a little bit, and you're seeing some of those pages of the 22 been written, you know starting to be yeah. written and that is that's really important.
1: Yeah, and what's striking, Joey, to me, is I, listen, I knew covering this thing that this relationship with state coaches was not good. Uh, but it is even worse than than I thought, because, boy, they are out there talking about it now more freely. These prospects are actually telling me like openly that, like, you know, I talked to Jared today. They just offered, who's a top 20 prospect in the state from Oswego, and that a negative relationship with one of the former Oswego East players, which I'm thinking was Antoine Walker, who is committed and then decommitted from Illinois and signed with Northern Illinois, but they also uh, recruited Ivory Kelly Martin, who ended up at uh, Iowa there. But that relationship went so sour with the head coach that it impacted Beatty's recruitment and that Illinois was never going to be a player. Or they didn't even want to be a player or there was like grudges held both ways. And it's just an unhealthy relationship that I think had to play a part in Josh Whitman going, this, this isn't sustainable. Uh, with lovey smith listen we can go the transfer market and i thought it was smart for them to go the transfer market but part of the reason they had to do that is because they were struggling so much of getting the prospects in their back door uh, or in their backyard right like you have to recruit your state and you can't just give up on it uh and you can't just go hey we're gonna get better players down in florida and texas because Illinois wasn't winning enough games to get the better prospects in Florida and Texas, right? Like that's the issue. Like if you go get four stars everywhere in St. Louis, Texas, and Florida, great. But they weren't getting those consistently because Illinois wasn't a very good program. And to be honest with you, like they were decent recruiting those areas, but they weren't great. So um, you had to recruit your your state kids, and it's been really refreshing to see Brett. Not only give an effort to reaching out to these coaches, but to have that conversation with them of, hey, I understand this was bad, like this was a bad relationship, but here is our intentions and we're not going to take every kid right? That, that you want us to take, but we are going to recruit your kids. We're going to prioritize your kids. And if they fit us, we're going to offer them a scholarship, right? Like we're going to focus on you first. And they've done that. They've offered in-state kids first. Um, that That's been by design uh, publicly to offer those kids first. And then they're going to move on to St. Louis and then they'll recruit, you know, go on to the, the areas outside. But, you know, it, I think it's very important that Brett, addresses that the past wasn't good enough it wasn't his fault but i think it's important for him as the steward of this illinois football program uh to kind of you know pay the penance or at least say hey we know Illinois wasn't doing its job well enough last time, but I'm going to change that. And I'll show you I'm going to change that with offering Hank Beatty, offering Rashad Rochelle and, and prioritizing him now, offering Jared uh, you know, Beatty, and now Sebastian Cheeks, a top 247 prospect. How does he not have an Illinois offer? And now today he does from Brett Bielma after a call with him.
0: He probably should have had an offer like the second you put his foot in school as a freshman, right? I mean, those, those are the kids that you want to – Build those early relationships, but I think that one of the biggest points I think that you just made, Jeremy, is Bielema and this coaching staff, and, and I think Corey deserves some credit because you know there, there is a, to me anytime I talk about this or you know I, I think about this, it's like you know that the former staff deserves a fair bit of criticism mm-hmm. for what was missing in recruiting, but and I'm not putting this on Corey, but like it's still a holdover, right? So it's like it's kind of like an awkward like you're not trying to. But, but I think what Corey and Brett and the rest of the staff have done, have, it, it's so important to say, look, we understand this wasn't good. Instead of just saying, hey, don't know, you know, just got here first day on the job, I couldn't tell you what's going on. It's really, really important for them to acknowledge that, to understand that to me, that kind of shows the coach like, look, I understand we're going to have to really work to repair this bridge. And we're committed to doing that and not just trying to start a new route somewhere else to get this connection here. And that, I mean, that just shows a lot about their understanding of how this whole thing works and, and what it takes to under, to make a two-way street. I mean, that's what Mark Grounds talked to. The poor guy was just doing yard work when, when Bielma got hired and everybody called him. And that's when he talked a lot about that is, you know, this isn't just call us when you need us or we'll call you when we got a guy. There's a, there's a level of dialogue here where Hey, you know, we played this team in X, Y, or Z and they had a kid and I don't know, you know, how much, you know, but Mm -hmm. like, that's the stuff that matters. And that's what takes this thing to that next level. So to show that you're committed to not only making a relationship, but repairing one that you didn't break is such a key to me.
1: Yeah. And uh, I just think also just the element of your head coach taking that kind of role where He's the one reaching out to these people. He's the one calling these coaches. He's on the phone with these recruits you know, for 30 minutes with their family uh, early on in the process. It just didn't happen under the previous staff, but this is how you do it. Now, this isn't to say, Joey, that all of a sudden, oh, Illinois is going to own the state now. I think we know that. I think most fans understand that. But I do think Bielma is going to recruit the state pretty well. Uh, I do think he's going to get kids in that top 25 um, that Illinois has been lacking, get five to six to seven, maybe even more than that at some point. He recruited Wisconsin incredibly well uh, when he was at Wisconsin. I know that was a better program at the time, but he built up those relationships that that still last to this day. And You can see Bart Miller even offering some Wisconsin kids with some high hopes there, but um, I, I do think – his message, just from feedback I've gotten from some high school coaches, they're encouraged, right? Like, they're, they're very encouraged, and I think Brett's doing and saying the things he needs to to open up that dialogue. And all of a sudden, with a guy like Jared Brady, you go from not even under consideration – from the previous staff, maybe from both sides because of hurt feelings, to all of a sudden, I think they're going to be a major player in his recruitment. Doesn't mean they'll land him over in Nebraska or Minnesota or some of these other schools they have, but they're going to be under consideration, which for too many of the good prospects, um, you just didn't have. Like You, you weren't in under consideration, serious consideration, for enough of the in-state prospects.
0: No, and I think you know we've seen. And look, I, I think Chicago land is, is its own animal, and that's not a knock. But there's just a lot of coaches who go to to drink from the Chicago water supply of high school football, towel, and basketball. But you got to make other. I mean, we've seen you know Michigan's going to come in and do what Michigan's going to do because it's Michigan. And same with Ohio State. But if you're going to lose a kid to another Big Ten team, be it a Minnesota, be it an Iowa, be it. Make them really, really earn it, right? I mean, you make them just work their tails off to come into your state. and Know that if you're going to land a kid, we're going to, you know, fight tooth and nail to to make this a, a you know really challenging experience for you to do it. And Bart Miller is kind of doing roughly the same thing in Wisconsin. Like, hey, we're we're going to fight to pull a couple. And there's maybe a little bit of like a message sending there to other recruit schools and coaching staffs who, who would come in and and try to pluck kids from the state. And I talked to a coach who doesn't, I mean, there's, there's not a lot of D1s. When I worked in Decatur, a, you know, I still communicate with some coaches, there's not a lot of D1 kids coming out of the school, but he still noticed. And it was still like, okay, maybe I won't talk to Bielma, but two times in my lifetime, right? Or however many times a, a rare D1 kid comes through here. But I think they see them and see what's happening with other in-state kids. And I think that, just builds a little bit more there. So they would be willing to pick up the phone or they would be willing to to reach out as needed. I mean, it yeah. doesn't have to be your school that they're recruiting, but if they, they see it. This is a tight – coaching in Illinois is the tight-knit group for yeah. the most part. They, they know what's happening.
1: Yeah, uh, and, and if they're – you know, Brett's only had so much time here. He can't reach out to every coach yet, but uh, I do know, you know, that recruiting staff and his staff are going to work on that and, and whittle away at it. I mean, it's going to take time. Uh, But, man, I I think they've said and done the right thing so far, and I think they're working to repair those relationships. And I think Brett will recruit the state pretty well, um, way better than the the previous staff. All right, Joey, let's take a quick break. When we come back, let's talk about the other recruiting he's done uh, to keep some of the best pieces of Lovely Smith's roster plus the recruiting he's done putting his staff together. We'll do that next on the Online Enquirer podcast. All right, Joey. I think uh, you know Brett Bielema does is the beneficiary of this one time uh, unprecedented during a pandemic eligibility rule that you know lovey smith's 2017 recruiting class was his best recruiting class and they should all be graduated by now because lovey didn't redshirt them early right he just threw them to the wolves and hoped that paid off in 2020 it did in 2019 to some extent it did not in 2020 with this weird year covid year uh but uh bioma gets to keep so much experience coming back uh at least 12 guys now have announced they are returning most of them uh starters here uh uh, we've talked about Brandon Peters, a quarterback. You're getting three offensive linemen back, uh, getting all your defensive linemen back now that Owen Carney is out of the transfer portal. Uh, from what I heard, if if Lovie Smith wasn't fired, there are going to be a lot of guys entering the transfer portal. They just were not happy with where the program was and didn't have a lot of confidence in it moving forward. Brett Bielema has lost. I mean, the biggest loss they've had in the transfer portal so far is Casey Washington Right. And and Casey's a, a fine young prospect. Um, you know, started some games for Illinois, but I don't think you were sitting there saying that guy's gonna get fifty receptions. Well, maybe Joey Wagner was. Uh, I so- said
0: because <laughs> I've been on the Casey Washington bandwagon for some time, but yeah, I mean, this isn't a, a mass exodus of, of starting talent. Like frankly, happens in a lot of, of coaching changes. I mean, it's just, this isn't like it's unique to Illinois. I mean, there's time this happens that either hurt feelings or different opportunities or different usages. And you see that. So Brett has done a really nice job of, of keeping that intact. And to put a little bit, pour a little cold water on it here is the transfer portal is very, very populated. And, you know, you've seen people wonder if there's going to be enough spots for the people in the portal. So, you know, maybe some of these players are looking and saying, I got a spot right here and this is good. And my friends are here and I put a lot of sweat equity into this and I'm willing to do, and look, I don't know that that was the case for some of these guys, but there is a kind of that weird element that maybe that played in a little bit, but he also, you know, Rod Perry could have gone to the NFL. I don't know where he would have been drafted. He shared with us today, you know, there was an injury. I don't really know what it was and, and maybe that slowed him down. You know, guys like Vidarian Lowe, I mean, some of these guys, it's not, you know, maybe they wouldn't have been drafted. They would have found themselves in a camp. And for Brett Bielema and his staff to, to bring them back to Champaign and and get one more, you know, year out of them and really a bridge year for some of the younger guys. I mean, that's huge because a lot of us, even two years ago, Jeremy, when I first got on the beat or three, it was like, okay, they're all sophomores now, what happens in two years or three years when they're seniors and graduated? What does this program do? Because one, they weren't recruiting at a very high level to replace some of those players. And you just kind of thought me, boy, are they going to, what are they going to go to Ireland with here? Yeah. Like, well, what's this team going to look like? Suddenly it looks experienced. And we think, you know, pretty good. This is such an interesting study in a year from now. When we see what this team did with largely a similar roster, what are the results going to be in a, in a strange year? And that's a conversation for a different day. But the way he's he's held this together, I think maybe his biggest recruiting win of the last thirty days.
1: Yeah, like I, I do want to preface this. Like I don't think he had to sell guys like Doug Kramer, sure. Alex Pachetsky, um, You know, even you know James McCourt, Blake Hayes. Like I think those yeah. guys were staying. But I, I do think it's impressive you're able to convince Owen Carney not to go to an ACC school. I, like I heard, Wake Forest thought they had him, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, that's a good program under Dave and It's closer to home for Owen Carney gets a change of pace, right? Maybe gets a, a better opportunity there. And Brett Beal was able to bring him back, along with Corey Patterson, apparently. That's was I mean, well.
0: hard to do it.
1: Yeah, and, and Corey you know, was mentioned by Owen, so uh, kudos to those guys for being able to do that. You know, Roderick Perry, was he going to go to the NFL? He wasn't going to get drafted, in my opinion, especially with an injury, but he could have just been like, alright, I'm going to take my chance, just like Jake Hansen and Milo Leifler and Nate Hobbs are, are taking their chance. And Brett obviously wasn't able to convince those guys, uh, but he was able to convince Isaiah Gay to come back, right? And all of a sudden you put that together. Listen, these were players that weren't very – are on a team that wasn't very good last year and on a defense that was really bad and an offensive passing attack wasn't very good. So I don't know if I'm going to sit there today like I wrote earlier in the week and say, oh, there's a bowl team, right? But mm-hmm. at least I think they have a chance at a bowl game. Like Brett Bielma, if he coaches these guys well and if uh, they add the right pieces via the transfer portal – I think they have an opportunity to compete in the Big 10 West. Well, if they didn't return all these guys, Joey, I think this could this was the worst team in the Big 10 West. It still could be if things don't go well, injuries happen and, you know, the things don't happen for them, but like I think this is a competitive roster against Purdue, Minnesota, Nebraska. You know, the other teams are you're kind of questioning in the Big 10 West. So, if you can have a competitive or bowl season, like if you can win 5 or more games this year, That's a lot better than starting off two and 10, right? And and trying to build out of that. Like, at least you have something to sell uh, on the recruiting trail that, hey, look what we did in year one. Like, we're competitive, but we need you to come in and take us to the next level. They have an offensive line and defensive line that's as experienced as probably any in the Big Ten. Um, You know, their quarterback at least has experience. Uh, Tony Adams coming back, there was another one that they were able to convince. Corey Patterson played a role there, too. Like, you don't have that huge hole. You don't have all these huge holes in the year. You don't even have roster spots at linebacker and defensive back. You're not worried about that stuff. Um, you you have a lot of experience. These guys know what Big Ten battles are. Now they need to reach their potential on their new coaching staff.
0: Agreed. And the competitive part. And I think you, know, you said that and it kind of brought me back to Josh Whitman's presser when he announced Lovey was let go. And, you know, it wasn't as much about, you know, this benchmark of wins had to be reached, right? There was that competitiveness in those games. And frankly, last season, for as many asterisks as you want to put on last season, most of them deserved with COVID. There, there were some just, frankly, non-competitive games. And this you know, a lot of these players are coming back. But if just, I, I think, from a morale standpoint, from a program-building standpoint, from a momentum-building standpoint in the community with your fan base, just getting rid of those non-competitive games. If you lose, people are going to be bummed. They're going to be upset because no one appreciate. You know, no one likes watching their team lose. But if you're losing by seven, ten versus seventeen, twenty, you know, I think there's a lot easier for people to look and say, okay, I, I can see where this thing is pointed, and, and you know, we believe in this guy to go do it. But again, you know, we'll see what that looks like, how, right? But in terms
1: many, of how many games, you know, Joey were competitive last year, like. Do we count Purdue? I guess they had a chance at the end, right? But, like, that wasn't competitive for three quarters. Uh, Obviously, Wisconsin and Minnesota weren't competitive. Okay, Nebraska, you kicked their butt, uh, which is amazing. Uh, Rutgers, very Rutgers was a very competitive game. Iowa, uncompetitive. Northwestern, I guess the score looks like it was competitive. It wasn't. It was 28-10 by the end, but it was 28-3, and Northwestern just wasn't really trying to do anything yeah. other than run the clock out. And Penn State was a cool first quarter, and then they just crushed you. Um, I, I wrote this week, you gave you lost your games, your six games, by an average of 23.2 points. And you lost your, ab, the whole season. Illinois was 14.75 points worse than their opponents. Like that's, 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 that's year one and two stuff or year two and three, I guess with Lovey Smith.
0: Right. Right. And you know, again, if you can get rid of and close that average loss with an experienced team, you would think that's going to be the case. I thought you also brought up another good point of roster building with, with COVID. I, I think maybe it, there's still some confusion of how many spots they're going to be able to, you know, dip in the portal or with recruits or whatever it takes, but now you look, if you're Brett Bielema and your staff say, OK, we're pretty comfortable with what we have this year at defensive line, at offensive line. That's, you know, what, you know those are spots we don't have to worry about quarterback you know, somebody can debate that if they want that's fine but you so you can look and identify okay wide receivers somewhere we're probably going to need to you know let's see if we can find somebody or linebacker or defensive back and suddenly you're starting to whittle away at positions of need and you can whatever this roster opening looks like however many guys you can take you can be very very direct and very pointed and very narrowed in on what positions you take and you don't have to just go and just full scale like oh my gosh we need talent everywhere. Mm -hmm. Let's just do that. That that changes so much in the way that you can be, I don't even want to say selective, but just kind of process everything that needs to be done here
1: yeah well, it looked more like shiano what well, shiano did a really nice job last year of being competitive you could see what a coach and shiano and bielham are similar backgrounds right like proven power five coaches kind of these retreads that people are like Yeah, is that a good hire and it ends up being the right fit like i think shiano and Bielma, uh could be pretty similar at their spots but you know he took over a terrible roster right? That didn't have um, as much experience. So, you know, Bielma has a little bit more time to restock his roster to fit what he wants, but you're right. Wide receiver. They need one. Uh, You know, I put up a name today that Illinois is in on a defensive back. We've been reporting on that on the site as well, and probably another linebacker uh, at some point to go with CJ Hart. So um, he continues to, to make uh, an impact there. But the other thing is he's still recruiting staff. And boy, this is just a big change, um, Joey. You have all but one guy on your staff who's been a previous Power 5 assistant coach, right? And there's so much experience here. And the one guy he doesn't is Ben Miller, and he's 14 years at Air Force under Troy Calhoun, which is basically better than some Power 5 programs, including Illinois. So I think it's really impressive what he's, been able to put together so far. It's just a very qualified, uh, connected staff. That you know the defensive guys, Jameson and Henry, have played for him. Andy Boo has coached for him. Bart Miller has coached for him. And then you add some other guys that uh, have been outside his tree. Ryan Walters, a young up and coming coach that a lot of people think can be a head coach someday. Tony Peterson, who's a friend of his, but um, you know he's got good experience as a you know offensive coordinator at the FBS and the Big Ten level. Um, and then you had a guy like Corey patterson then we got two more spots we'll see what he does with but he's got a lot of money still to spend as we see bob osmussen reported today all the uh contract details there he, they've spent 3.8 million so far and you know be almost got uh, at least a million to work with if he wants so i think he's gonna get some interesting candidates here but i just think it's it's a definite college staff it's a definitely more experienced power five staff and a much more intriguing recruiting staff he's put together
0: So I wasn't on the beat when Lovey put together his first staff. And obviously that first staff, a lot of it just frankly didn't really work all too well. I don't know that in two years or in three years, and I could be wrong. I mean, this is, you just don't, it's hard to maybe kind of see that far down for a lot of this, but it's kind of hard for me to imagine in two or three years, someone would look at both of those coordinator positions and be like, nope, misses. They missed on them. It just doesn't seem like that's going to be the case. Could they had a more splashy offensive higher coordinator? Fine, sure, I guess, right? I mean, but the timing of that was really interesting. Uh, Tony Peterson told us, you know, he was coaching a bowl game when Brett Bielma called him, you know, down basically in his hotel room. So this seemed to be something that was like, oh, okay, he must have had this working in his mind pretty quickly because this got done pretty quickly. So I, I think the staff is, you're right. They, 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 got recruiters. And I think the other interesting part is the two coordinators, you know, that don't really have a direct tie to Bielema like the assistant coaches do that the position coaches do, but the two coordinators really don't. And I don't, I'm mean, looking forward to asking Brett about this when we talk to him, but was that by design to bring in some, at the two highest positions uh, of assistant coaches and, And coordinated and say, okay, I want somebody who I haven't been with, who's going to challenge me in a different way, or show me something in a different way. Because that's really interesting to me, if that that was a line of thinking he went with, and then went with a little more familiarity below that.
1: Yeah, no, that, that is a really interesting, you know, I can't wait. I know you and I are just sitting there like, man, I have an hour's worth of questions to ask Brett because we haven't talked with him uh, since we saw him in person, um, which is almost a month ago, right? So, so much oh, has changed yeah. that I can't wait to just uh, dig into this a little bit more and more than even like defensive scheme, which I think, you know, we have an idea. They probably want to run a three-man front um, eventually, whether it happens this year or not. But just some how we kind of put this thing Uh, together and I think one thing that that does shine with me Joey and again we are in the honeymoon period I have no idea how Tony Peterson is going to call an offense and and what's going to bother Illinois fans about him or what's going to bother Illinois fans about Ryan Walters right like why is he doing that like these guys can't coach like that's going to happen there's going to be something
0: there's going to be something that's just the nature of the beast
1: and they're going to miss on some recruits right that that's going to happen um but I am intrigued that his former players seem to love playing for him so much so that they want to coach for him and that they leave good jobs <laughs> elsewhere to coach for him. And that, you know, some other guys like Andy boo, who spent one year with him, like you got into this with him was blown, yeah, blown away and, and talked about Brett. Like he knew him for, you know, 15 years as a, as a staffer under him. And he wanted to come here. And I know some of these guys didn't have jobs or, you know, this was the best opportunity sure. they had, but Still, I think it's pretty impressive. I, I think Brett is—you know—he kind of comes off as this brazen guy that people don't like. Now that we've dug into it a little bit more, it seems like he's pretty well liked and respected in the coaching industry.
0: Yeah, I, the Andy Boo thing, and maybe this is recency bias because he was the one—the coach we more recently talked with. But one year, and and Andy Boo—I mean, I don't know. I know Arizona had hired a new coach. I don't know what his status was going to be there. But let's be honest this guy's been around coaching for a while. He was going to find some something somewhere. I mean, he wasn't going to be out of coaching. It's hard for me to imagine that. But one year was so profound with him that he decided like this was an easy jump to get back with Brett and I understand their stability and, and that element of this and you know Beelum is going to be around here for a few years at least, right? So that that's an attractive thing, but looking at that, I'm like, man, that's really that's something else and then when you hear someone like Aaron Henry or or uh James I'm drawing a blank on his first name here it's Terrence yes Terrence when when you hear that you're like man something you know wasn't just Andy Boo that had some transformational experience with with Brett Bielema other people are sharing that and and that I I think you're right you know this happened everyone kind of I guess, blanked on the Arkansas and, you know, where he was a little more, probably more, I don't want to say mature, but maybe that's right. Word, I don't know. I but mean, even
1: like Wisconsin, right? Like he thought he was like, he wanted to go do his own thing and he thought he was great enough to lead Arkansas to yeah. national championships. And like, that's, that's cocky. Right. But I think he yeah, has matured. And I
0: think when people, when, when people talk about this, I don't think that, and, and maybe I was guilty of. I don't think that people allowed the space for growth when they talk about Brett Bielema, right? It's like, well, he was brazen, like, well, yeah, but he was in his thirties, he was winning Big Ten titles, he was really the king of Wisconsin, for lack of a better term. He was doing great things on the football field. So, and I think Brett's done a good job of of painting his growth in that way and his maturity and his experience that he's been around from from Bill Belichick to. To failure at Arkansas and I think that's the part that he's able to connect with everybody because everybody has failed in some yeah. capacity and that's the part that maybe we don't see all the time because I mean you know you're not just going to walk around and advertise that but the, his ability that I mean you can connect with a lot of people if you are yeah. just open about yourself and that's a striking thing that people have said everyone's like he's very open he's very emotions on his sleeves and That resonates, man. It just
1: does. Well, and it's a a huge change for Illinois and their head coach. Like he's personality-wise the complete opposite of of his predecessor. So there's always – we always think about reaction hires. And I asked Whitman this. I go, was you know, everyone thinks about reaction hires. Was this your reaction hire? Proven college coach. A little bit younger, right? A little bit more hungry. uh, And a a guy whose personality, you know, he's a salesman. And, And he knows that is a huge part of the job. Um, but I, I, I get struck by the Aaron Henry story. I I think anyone who read that or heard him talking about what Bielma meant to him and Bielma cared about him more and and Jameson, right? Like Jameson's football career was over due to injuries, but Brett welcomed him in as, as a coach. I got him on his staff and eventually hired him back. Uh, and you know, as obviously on his staff right now, and even the grad assistant, uh, that they just added, who is a former walk-on for him. Brett said, you know, 10 years ago, I, I can't wait for him to coach for me. And all of a sudden they're all there, right? Like, I I think that says a lot uh, about a man when, you know, maybe not, not every player is going to love playing for Brett Bielma. And I'm sure sure some guys have some bad stories, but uh, I do think it's, it's pretty encouraging of, you know, now that we're a month into this, the, the accolades or, you know, the praise people give Brett for, you know, his leadership and how he treats them is, is encouraging, I think, for Illinois. And that, that's one thing Whitman said he wanted to know was how passionate is he about this job. It's not just the next job, right? like And I think he's shown that this means a lot to him because I think he wants to show Arkansas that, hey, maybe you shouldn't have fired me no, or exactly. maybe show himself that, okay, I, I am better than this, and now I'm going to take what I learned there and apply it here in a, in a spot that probably fits me better.
0: That's exactly what I was going to say. And, you know, maybe he'll, he seems pretty open, but maybe he won't be, but you've got to wonder how big that giant is with him, right? Is how much does he want to say Arkansas wasn't me? That's just not me. It didn't work. I accept that. That's not who I am as a coach. That's not the success I, I, I plan to have as a coach. And how much does that push the needle and how much does that drive him? And and probably a lot of, again, it's human nature, but that that's important. And then, I mean, I think maybe there's a little bit of, okay, if I get this thing back to where I want to get it, I I've left something (laughs) like that before. And maybe there's an interest for him to say, let's just keep cooking. Right. I mean, let's just keep pushing this thing ahead. So there's so many interesting things about this guy that I'm sure we'll get to know, but I I think all of those little pieces as you start to hear from different players and you start to piece together things that Brett has said, you're starting to get a more complete picture of what this means to him, what he means to other people as a coach, Aaron Henry, man, what what a what a freaking presser! I mean, <laughs> it was it it was one of the is one of those where you know you try to type and you're trying to tweet it and you're like, oh, yeah, I just gotta stop and listen to this guy because his story is good and it shows a lot about Brett's character. But again, honeymoon phase, right? I mean, yeah. this is what it's going to be for the first thirty days because there's not been a game to lose, there's not been a game to win. But I think there are real things that you can take out of this phase as well.
1: But I I do think covering this as long as I have, like some of that, like engaging personality, um, sometimes some coaches don't want to show it, right? Um, And they're fine on the recruiting trail. yeah. Um, But I do think that personality translates to the recruiting trail. Like you can just connect with people. Right, and and a lot of these coaches have looked to connect with us. I mean, obviously they're selling themselves, and they should. Like this is their opportunity to talk to the fan base and recruits. Uh, And sometimes you could have a guy who's great in front of the media, and he's not that great as a recruiter. Right? Um, there could be many factors, but I do think you're encouraged. The other way around. Yeah, I I do think you're encouraged uh, by what you've heard from them so far. And you know, some of the names I'm starting to hear about some of these other spots could be pretty good. I, I posted a VIP article today about one name I'm hearing buzz on that would make a lot of sense and it would just further you know kind of put the imprint on of what brett can draw here and that it is a new day for illinois that they could put together a very very qualified power five staff with some real potential uh in recruiting and development
0: i agree man and i'm sure other big 10 schools are not as thrilled when they hear some of these names or see some of these hires but again, that is a different feeling than in my short time on the beat. And, and maybe beyond that to you, I don't know what the first year, you know, was like in the last 10 but I, the 2017 class was good. Right. And so there was some, there was a little bit of backing to the buzz that was created around that, but just uh, the connections that Brett has. And again, man, there's a head coach who's been doing this for 30 days and he's, you know, sitting here dialing up high school kids and going right to work and that, I mean, that's the, that's the dunk, the slam dunk yeah. at 30 days.
1: And I think this 30 days, as we're kind of calling this, is that it kind of just reinforces how badly Illinois needed a reset, how badly it needed a change, right? Because mm-hmm. it had gotten yeah. so stale, it feels like, even in that program. I mean, after that 0-3 start, you could just tell. Like, there was just a, a pall uh, kind of going over that program. And I know this year – was, was heavy and, and all these different things. But, you know, recruiting, you just – this was – the recruiting classes continued to go downhill. Uh, and then you're talking about the transfer market. Yeah, you can you can add pieces there, but I think we were seeing that, like, you know, Trayvon Sidney, like some of these guys, there were reasons, you know, not through their own. I mean, there were some injuries, you know, underperformance, whatever – that, you know, there's a reason they were in the transfer portal. So even though it was a big upgrade, like those guys aren't guarantees either. So uh, I think all of that just showed, and Brett's kind of infusion of energy has shown that that's why it was needed. I mean, I don't know if it's going to work out. I don't know if in three years we're sitting there going, man, that first hiring cycle did not go well for Bielema, and it could be a reason he's not. You know, like that could happen. I'm not putting yeah. that outside their own possibility. But it certainly feels even different than, you know, um, maybe it's hindsight, but it feels different than Lovey just because when Hardy Nickerson was hired and Lovey was hired, we all had questions about their recruiting. Like that was questions for both those guys. Like Garrick McGee, I thought was the slam dunk hire. Right. But it was like, this is a bunch of NFL guys. How are they going to adapt to recruiting? How are they going to adapt to the college game? You don't have that question with these guys on the recruiting trail or just, you know, the college game and, and adjusting to that.
0: Yeah, I agree. And that's, again it, it, the things you obviously want people who are good coaches and who are going to develop the talent and, I, and let's be honest I thought there were positions and when you look at recruiting stars for for what some of this roster I think there are players who are playing above what they were as as recruits And that, that's a both talent identification talent development but I think the thing obviously the thing that sustains is bringing in a higher floor of yeah. talent right and, and that is if you can do that you can at least, I don't even want to say control more, but you feel like you have more control that you can develop these kids because you know where the baseline is in terms of what their talent level is, and and again, it gets people talking and it gets people excited. And I think what one of the things Brett has done is when he was hired, I think a lot of people you know, we used the word retread earlier, and you know broadly, you know, we're talking about him and Shiano, and I think a lot of people saw that and were like, "Oh my God, no, we need someone who's." 34 35 he's going to come in here and work and it's and i think to his credit the thing that he's done is is kind of I mean, he's definitely bucked that narrative but yeah. he's proved that like i've coached before but that doesn't make me a retread and i think those are two very different sides of the spectrum
1: well i think we get this with with you know any sport like a retread it's like well there's failure there right so that means they can't succeed at their next stop when a lot of retreads can have success right um but it's the shiny new toy, right? Like Sean Lewis, you don't, it's a, it's like that prospect in baseball. Like me and my white Sox friends are talking about like, would you trade Nick Madrigal for Corbin Burns? And I was like, no, Nick Madrigal's going to be Dustin Pedroia or he could just be like Ryan Terrio, right? Like I think he's going to be better than that, but like that's a possibility while like Corbin Burns uh, might be better than Michael Kopech, right? Like that, that, he's already proven he's a major league pitcher and was one of the best major league pitchers last year. So it's like, Sometimes like Brett Bielema has a pretty high floor. He went to three bowls in five years with Arkansas. Illinois would take that right now, and they'd probably be a little bit more patient with Brett, right? And like they oh they would let God, him they ride up. <laughs> yes. So like I mean, goodness gracious, man. Yeah. So I I think he's gonna I think he's gonna lift that floor. You know what that ceiling will be, but his first moves tell me this is gonna be a much better uh, and much more competitive. Big Ten program. I don't know what the wins look like. I don't know what the bowls look like. I don't know what the ceiling looks like. But I think you're a better football program than you were a month ago.
0: I agree. And my my last thought on the hires is it's been very deliberate, I guess. It's not like he came in and was like, here, meet all nine or 10 of these guys at once. And see, I've been thinking, I've been thinking it. To me, it seems like he's doing his due diligence and making sure that he's going to get the the right people and wait it out if that's what it takes if it means taking a little bit longer and, and drawing this out to make sure it's the right hire then that's good and maybe you know look, you can have success by bringing in a group of coaches all on day one and, and introducing them to everybody under the sun and there's maybe there's no right way to do it but the that that level of thought outness and you know diving into wherever he can dive into to, to try to bring in coaches that that to me also talk you know makes me think that that floor is higher again. Don't know the ceiling. We're not going to know the ceiling for a while, yeah. two years at least. I would think, three maybe. But ah, uh, looks like maybe football scoop had.
1: You got the news. item with
0: what you. There
1: we go. Looks like it. There we go. So now I can talk about this. I just posted. uh, Oh boy, yeah, break it down. I I just posted on the site um, about an hour ago that George McDonald was the name to watch, and uh, according to Football Scoop, uh, Illinois has hired George McDonald as their wide receivers coach. I would imagine. Um, Yeah, so they they said at Illinois McDonald would be expected to coach wide receivers, and yeah, I think additional title. He had like four titles at NC State, uh, but George McDonald, for those who don't know, an Illinois alum, okay, he had one month that he coached under Bielma at Arkansas, uh, and then, uh, you know, he moved on and went to, I think it was Syracuse under Scott Schaefer, I think he was the offensive coordinator under Schaefer, didn't work out there as an offensive coordinator, but he's been a fantastic recruiter um, at NC State, at Miami. Uh, he recruited a guy, I think, or he coached a guy, Greg Jennings, at, uh, that you know very well, Joy Wagner. <laughs> uh, also coached a guy that Illinois fans don't like very much, but it was a hell of a development, P.J. Fleck. He coached P.J. Fleck at NIU. So Illinois alum, good recruiter, former offensive coordinator, that's your wide receivers coach. And I would expect he's going to be –
0: We think, right? I mean, we're we're still waiting for the university. Football scoops are pretty, pretty good and on. And 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 it was a name I heard earlier.
1: It was a name I heard earlier today.
0: But, man, again, we just talked about the floor and the way that this coaching staff can go about doing this. And you get a a guy who's a proven recruiter who's uh, been around. I mean, North Carolina State – more recently co-offensive coordinator, wide receiver coach, this guy hasn't, I mean, I guess right when he first got to North Carolina state, he just had a position title. Right. But since basically since he left, I mean, he's had every associate head coach, offensive coordinator, co-offensive coordinator. This is a splash, man. This is a really good hire for Illinois.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, this is your, I told you we were talking about this before we started the pod um, that this is a guy Illinois would have previously hired as an offense coordinator. He's your wide receivers coach and probably hashtag slash passing game coordinator. I'm guessing he gets that title or assistant head coach or, or something like that just so they can give him a, a salary that's probably, I would guess, 500 plus um, for this job. But that's that's another huge upgrade. And a, an Illinois alum that's been an offensive coordinator that is recruited extremely well. I mean, that that's a slam dunk for a wide receivers coach right? Like maybe it doesn't work out. I thought, again, I thought Garrett McGee was a slam dunk, as offensive coordinator, because he was a former UAB head coach, but like, and and, you know, he recruited Lamar Jackson. Um, But this is, this is very encouraging on the surface. This is just another upgrade for the staff, a guy who's developed countless uh, more than a dozen, I guess it's not countless, but more than a dozen uh, NFL wide receivers as a college coach has recruited them uh, and is an Illinois alum. It just, I, I I couldn't imagine a, a guy who checks more boxes as a wide receivers coach that I would have had on my list. I had him on my offensive coordinator list. I I, I didn't think it was like the guy at higher because his offensive coordinator you know, stint didn't go well, but as a wide receivers coach, this guy would have been number one on the list.
0: Oh, and by the way, he's reportedly going to be the coach of probably I, – I, you could make an argument over the course. I mean, I guess quarterback would, would probably trump this a little, a little bit at your most needed position uh your your most depleted position has been wide receiver for some time really right i mean it's been a few years i mean quarterback obviously brandon peters has stabilized that a little bit here but man this is this is just a testament to the connections brett bielema has and what he sees in the staff and man it's good good hire for them if, if yeah. this if you know i'm sure we'll get a press release if this is the case tonight, tomorrow morning, but yeah, feel, you got to feel pretty good if yeah. you're Brett Beal about the staff you you put together with one spot left.
1: Yeah, and I feel better about throwing the name out there an <laughs> hour ago uh, before <laughs> we started this spot because yeah, I mean, I heard this buzz. I heard he was leaving NC State, and he's like coming to Illinois, sure. uh, and now uh, you know, football scoop backs that up. So yeah, we're waiting on the official word, but I mean, everything lining up to where uh, this will be the guy. So. Yeah, I think you, you got to feel good a month in. Uh, like, if I would have told you you're trading this staff out for this staff, uh, I think you'd feel pretty good, uh, especially as you get to know more of the background of these guys. Well, Joey Wagner, um, we'll have more to report on. Man, our site is full right now. Like having Loaded. you on board for the last. A week and a half. Like I've told you, we've had to space this out, but like the content continues to flow, uh, and we got recruiting updates today. I know Steve Woltfong just talked with Sebastian Cheeks. Uh, I chatted with Jared Beatty, and you'll wanna you'll wanna see what he had to say. Uh, And I do have two transfer targets to watch out for for Illinois today, all up on the site. But uh, man, it keeps coming, man. It's been a busy week and a half, but it's been a fun week and a half.
0: It's been fun. I gotta tell you, I I called my mom probably last sunday and we were talking and i think it's sunday or monday it must have been sunday because she knew i covered the, the illinois game on saturday and she said "Hell, how was your first official day on the real job and i was like mom i'm like a weekend over here what do you mean my first official day and she goes oh i don't know. i don't know the guy. drives sports i'm like it's good things are good a lot lot of content man it's it's nice to open the site up every day it's just fresh and going every day
1: what is the biggest misconception your friends or family have about your job one is like the ticket Uh, thing i think we all go through the ticket thing like hey can i get tickets here uh the other part is like you need do you need a photographer yeah
0: or that, that's a good one. like. Do you need a photographer? Like no one wants to see your iPhone pictures, dude. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. That's not
1: helping. Or the other part is like they think I'm just done when the game's over, right? Oh it's my like, phone. It's, yeah. a, it's like no, I have like five more hours of work here, which is fine. I love doing it, but it's like I think a lot of people go, yeah. oh, you don't have to go to the games. Like they don't understand the other intricacies. It's like I just watch TV and then I talk about it. It's like no, there's a lot of other work that goes into it. Good
0: the big one with my mom is today I I was on the way back and I called her and she said, Oh, I see you guys won yesterday. I said, I didn't do anything, mom. I said, Illinois won. Yeah. And I think that's the thing. She goes, Oh, I, you know, I was just watching scores. I'm like, yeah, that's the thing. It's like the, the level of turning it off, you know, building that wall here between your job and, that's why I cling on to the Packers so much is I need somewhere to, to have that outlet.
1: That's right. That's right. I do that with the White Sox, man. That's that's the team I get into. All right. Joey Wagner. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. All right, man. Great chat with Joey Wagner. If you don't already, follow him on Twitter at MrWagner25. Uh, obviously, a lot going on with Illinois football. The recruiting information we got up on the site. Uh, George McDonald, I want to say it's not official yet. Uh, football Scoop says they're seeking uh, NC State site uh, for us. Uh, reports that uh, he's expected to leave NC State. So we'll await official word from Illinois on that. Uh, but it seems like they are set to hire um, George McDonald. Is there Wide receivers coach, which would be pretty, pretty big higher, You know, wide receivers coach wise, given again all his background. We'll have the latest at alanaenquirer. Appreciate you listening to the podcast as well. Subscribe to us, rate us, review us wherever you get your podcast. Everybody, have a great day. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Alana Inquire podcast.